0: thanks for tuning in to the link church podcast link church is located in charlotte north carolina and is committed to linking people to the life-changing power of jesus christ we've been on a series as you've seen called acts of love we've been talking about love we figure february is kind of the love month i know it's black history month but we are throwing some love in there amen What we need is love, right? That's what the song says. All we need is some love. Amen. So let's jump to the word of God. Let's go to the book of Genesis chapter number three. And we are going to go from verse one down to verse 10. It says, now the serpent was more shrewd than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, is it really true that God said you must not eat from any tree of the orchard? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit from the trees of the orchard, but concerning the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the orchard, God said, You must not eat from it, and you must not touch it, or else you will die. The serpent said to the woman, Surely you will not die, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like divine beings who know good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree produced fruit that was good for food, was attractive to the eye, and was desirable for making one wise, she took some of its fruit and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them opened, and they knew they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves." Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God moving about in the orchard at the breezy time of the day. And they hid from the Lord among the trees of the orchard. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? The man replied, I heard you moving about in the orchard and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. I just want to talk to you briefly from the subject, He came looking for me. He came looking for me. Let's just bow our heads in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, indeed, the grass withers, the flower fades, but your word is what lasts forever. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here this morning, and I pray, God, that you would anoint these lips of clay to make known your word clear To the hearts of the hearers this morning, I pray, God, that you would have your way, that yokes would be destroyed, and that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. We give you thanks for what you're about to do in this house. In Jesus' name, somebody just say amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. So Genesis 1 begins with God outlining all of his Creation, right? Everything that God did. The Bible says that He created the sun, the moon, the stars. He separated the land from the sea, put everything in its proper perspectives, and created all living things, right? The word says that He created all living creatures, including everything that creeps upon the ground. God created all those things. And when we jump over to chapter 2 and from verse For it paints a picture of descriptive picture rather of everything that God basically did in chapter one of Genesis. So it's not a second account of what God did, but rather what he does is he kind of breaks down now gives a clear description of how he created all things, including how he created humanity, how he created Adam and how he created Eve. So here we are now in, 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 in chapter 3 where we find, and I'll tell you right now, I'm not long-winded, so this will be over before you know it. Right, Mike? Mike loves that. That's one of the things Mike's like, right? So I'll be over and done with and out of here before you know it. Amen? So, so we, get, we get to chapter 3, and here we find the enemy or the woman in conversation with Serpent. Woman is in conversation with a serpent. And and, and of course, now I had to ask the question how did this serpent get to this place? How did this creature come about? Right? So, this was a creature that God had created in his creation. One of the things that God created and said it was good. Now, I don't know about you. I'm not a big fan of snakes, but God created this thing and said that it was good. But somewhere along the line, the enemy inhabited the being of this serpent. It it would seem strange if I didn't read the rest of the Bible, right? Because it just shows me that the enemy has the ability to inhabit the things that God has created, Right, it, it shows me, and if you don't believe that, you can jump over to the New Testament where the Bible talks about the life of Jesus Christ and all these demoniacs that, God, that Jesus encountered and when he went to cast these demons out, how they would begin to talk back to him right if you want to want to go to the old in the new testament then we can look at the old testament and i found this story to be even funnier uh the story of balaam who had a donkey who spoke back to him because balaam kept striking him now i don't know of animals to talk outside of the cartoons but obviously they got that from somewhere and it's obviously out of the word of God and the enemy if you give him any kind of opportunity to invade your space then I'm going to tell you that the enemy will make use of that opportunity and I have to tell you also that he is no respecter of person so it doesn't matter who you are what your status is what your title is how high you may be or how low you may be how rich you may be or how poor you may be the enemy the bible says is no respecter of persons but rather the word says that he walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. There's no clear description that he's targeting just a certain type of people but whoever you are he wants you for himself. Thank God that the reverse is also true that as much as the enemy has a desire to sift you and to destroy you that God has an even greater desire for your life. And if I were you, I would say, you know what? Let me make myself available to the Lord Jesus Christ. Eve gets in conversation with a serpent. And and, and, and it allowed me just to think for a second that we need to guard our focus. In the scripture, that the enemy begins to paint the picture to her. He says, Did God really say that you cannot eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden? So he paints a picture to show her above everything else that she had available to her. He showed her the one thing, the one thing, as it were, that was off limits to her. And I have to tell you that you need to be careful of the things that the enemy brings to your attention. He is not stupid. I have to tell you that we don't give the enemy as much credit as we really should. But there are times in our lives that he would allow us to focus on the very thing that is missing from our lives and miss out on everything else that God gave us. He will allow us to see the one little thing that's missing. So he'll allow you to realize that you're broke today. But you're not broke all the time. But he'll fail to remind you of all the other times that God provided for you he'll show you right in the instance your kids start acting crazy that you need to get rid of them in this very moment but he's not showing you all the other times that your kids was walking upright that your kids was encouraging you that your kids was putting a smile on your face he has a way of trying to shift our focus from all the things that matters the most Hallelujah. And allow us to see the very thing that's just momentary. If we can just fix our eyes not on the things that is but for a moment but rather for the things that are eternal, the things that are long lasting, then I believe that we would be so much further in God. The enemy has a strategy, Pastor Mark, and he doesn't mind using his strategy. And that strategy is to take our eyes off the focus. It's to take our eyes off the intended goal, right? If he can just distract us from the final destination or the thing that we need to stay on, that that brings us to where we need to go then he wins he has a way of just distracting us and causing us to feel frustrated he causes us to feel annoyed he allows us to get all upset all because of one brief moment one brief moment don't allow the enemy to shift your focus You've got to learn how to open your eyes and see and remember all the things that God has done for us while the children of israel were coming through the wilderness one of the key things that god would often remind them, he would always say remember there's something about remembering there's something about remembering not all memories are bad memories but it's good to look back sometimes and remember where the lord brought you from the old folks when we were growing up in church used to testify they used to say when i think of the goodness of jesus and all that he has done for me they would say my soul would begin to cry out why they can cry out because they were able to look back at where the Lord brought them from another song says when I look back over my life and when I begin to think things over he says I can truly confess that I have been blessed why because now I have a testimony I can remember what he brought me from I can remember what he delivered me out of and if I can just Keep those things in my mind when the enemy comes in like a flood, then the Lord God will lift up a standard by the things He would bring back to our memory that He has done in our lives. Be careful not to allow the enemy to shift your focus off the things that God has done for us and focus on the thing that may be missing in the moment. I began to look at it even further and began to think to myself, how in the world can Eve get in a conversation with this thing? If you go back over to chapter 1, the Bible says that God had created man and woman. He created humanity and then he gave dominion to them he gave authority to them to rule over all these things he gave them authority over the ground he gave them authority over the animals right adam was so anointed or so gifted as it were that he was able to name and call all these things that we now look at today and name as different types of animals and creatures adam had that ability and god had given him but not only him that ability but he had given both man And woman, the authority, the dominion to rule over. But somehow, Eve finds herself in a conversation. And she now allows the thing that she had dominion over to now have dominion over her. Eve allowed the process to be reversed somewhere along the line she gave place to this creature that began to speak into her life and i have to talk to you about the things that you might allow now that god has given you dominion and authority to rule over that is now ruling over you those things that are now taking control of your faculty stealing your time and stealing your attention you know like facebook and instagram have you ever noticed you can get on there just to say you're going to check some for two minutes and by the time you look up two hour has gone by because facebook or instagram has taken some form of dominion over you you go to work and if you're not careful you're supposed to be there from nine to five and clock out and go home and if you're not careful you look up it's now seven eight o'clock and now you're trying to call home to explain why you're not home yet be careful of those things that god has given dominion to you over that now wants to take dominion and rule over to you let's talk about them kids for a second I got three of my own so I can tell you it's amazing that God gave them to you for you to give them direction and give them instructions and guide them and lead them in the way of life everlasting and yet somehow before they begin to the age of adulthood they want to tell you what to do they want to tell you how it's supposed to go they want to paint the whole picture for you as if they've always been here but you are not to allow those things that god has given you authority over to have dominion to have rule over you he will hold you accountable he will hold you accountable for those things that he has given to you to rule over and he says if you are faithful over a few things then I can make you ruler over many things so if you're wondering why you don't have dominion over everything yet that's because you haven't yet proven yourself to be faithful over some things and you don't get to tell God what you've been faithful over I know we act like we we act like the kids sometimes in the eyes of our God we take the little childlike kind of attitude and go well God I've been going through this long enough God I've been dealing with this long enough I've been putting up with this long enough and I now need you to get me out of this as if we want now to have dominion over our God but God says it is not so it has never been so and it will never ever be so in fact if the truth be told the serpent ended up in the position he ended up in because he tried to usurp his authority and have dominion over the god that created him If you don't believe me, let's jump over to the book of Revelation chapter 12. The Bible says that there was a war in heaven and the archangel Michael fought against Lucifer and his angel. And he was thrown out of heaven, right? You jump over to the book of Isaiah. The Bible describes Lucifer as the created being who begins to be filled with pride and begins to speak negatively. Begins to speak and try to usurp his... His authority and his dominion stepping out of his place and act as though he was God. So he begins to look at himself and says, well, I will now exalt my throne above the most high God. I will lift up myself. I, and there's about four times in that passage in a verse 14 and down that he repeats, I will, I will, I will. This is the creative thing trying to usurp dominion over the creator and I looked at this and it's so parallel if you look at the fall of Lucifer how parallel it is to what he is now trying to get the woman to do he is now usurping authority over her the created being that she was given authority to rule over and if you keep going down He begins to tell her, he says that that's not what the Lord says. He knows that the day that you eat from the fruit of the tree of the garden, you would be like God. That's what he says. You will be like the most high God. The very same language he used in Isaiah when the Bible describes him as lifting up himself against the most high God. Because he wanted to be like God. You've got to be careful of the things that want to take God's place in your life. And it always starts with conversations it's the conversations that we have that often gets us into a place that leaves us open and exposed to the enemy the more Eve had a dialogue with the serpent the deeper things felt for her the more she began to expose herself the more her selfish desires that were on the inside deep seated began to surface and she became more and more curious we have to guard the very conversations that we have. You've got to be careful of the people who wants to speak into your life. It's amazing sometimes the people that you least expect sometime comes along and begins to speak into your life. And you wonder where in the world did you come from? And before you can even get a chance to say, you know what, I think you need to leave this place. They begin to speak things that sounds real good to you. They begin to speak things that begins to satisfy your ear. So if you're emotionally deprived, then they begin to speak words that will feed your emotion. You're beautiful. If you're, you're struggling with issues of low self-esteem, the enemy has a way of positioning the right person as it seems, in the right, right place as it seems, at the right time as it seems, to speak the right word to you that will grab your focus the things that you are struggling with is the thing that the enemy he is not omniscient but somehow he has a way of discovering the things that we desire on the inside see i believe ultimately within all of us the word says there is some level of sins right so paul talks about the fact that we should lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily beset us so he speaks of the sin that one particular thing that each of us might be struggling with it's that thing that you are afraid to tell anybody else about it's that thing that makes you feel vulnerable it's that thing that puts you on edge it's that thing inside your life that makes you just a little bit nervous because you know if you expose yourself to that thing then it just might take over and there's no telling how far you gonna go Be careful of who speaks into your life. You might be that husband that is frustrated at home and kind of tired of the kids and the wife, and the right chick comes along. You might be that female that is void of emotional affection from home, and the right guy comes along. You may be that child that is low in self esteem and just wanting to explore and do more. Be careful of the thing that the enemy puts in front of you, the friends that he allows you to connect with, as it were. He is never up to any kind of good. I'm going to say that again. The enemy is never up to any kind of good. It might look good at the time. It might feel good in the moment. But all that's going to happen afterwards is it's going to leave you exposed. It's going to leave you naked naked. The Bible said that God had created the man and woman, positioned them in the garden, gave them authority and dominion to rule over. She gets into a conversation with the enemy, and he convinced her, and she did eat from the fruit. But I recognize that when she ate, nothing happened. And then the Bible said that she gave to her husband, and he also ate let me just pause there, and I wonder, just for a second, can I throw this out there? Just for a second, I wonder why Adam ate. Did Adam eat out of curiosity? Or did Adam eat out of love? See, he was created in a state of innocence, not knowing good from evil. He was placed in a garden with a woman that God allowed him to love. A woman that came out of his rib. The Bible said he looked at her, say, she is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. One preacher would look at it and say, He said she was called. Whoa. Man, that chick is bad. When he saw her. I believe Adam was deeply in love with Eve. I sincerely believe that. It's only two of us around, There are all nothing to distract us and keep us from each other. Maybe Adam ate. Out of love for his wife. But whatever the reason, the Bible said that Adam ate. And immediately, the Bible says that the voice of God began to walk in the garden in the cool of the day. Immediately. Now, you have to remember that God created all things in six days. And the Bible says that on the seventh day that God rested. He Ceased from all of his works, so he, he stopped not because he was exhausted or tired, but the Bible said that he had completed all of his work, and he's like, "I'm good, I'm done, I'm chilling out right now. Me and the angels is kicking it right good. I'm done." And while he, I believe, he was in chill mode, sin allowed God to break his rest. Sin woke God as it were out of his sleep. I know we've been taught for a long time, or at least I was taught that man had fellowship with God all along and God would come down Word is in the cool of the day and would have sweet fellowship and sweet communion. But I am yet to discover that in the Bible. The only place that it is mentioned or spoken of that God came down in the cool of the day was when sin took place, disobedience happened, and God broke his rest. And the Bible specifies the point in time that God comes down not to have fellowship with Adam or Eve, but he comes down for judgment. And the Bible paints the picture and the Bible says that he looks at the serpent and he says, because you have done this thing, you will be cursed all the days of your life. On your belly shall you crawl. He curses the woman and says to her in labor, Or in pain will you give birth? And he tells the man that by the sweat of your brow, you will eat bread. So they were now in a place where they were now being judged. But before they even got there, what moved me or what got me was the fact that the minute that Adam messed up, the Bible says that God moved out of his place. God moved because now they were uncovered. Now they were exposed to sin and to wrongdoing. There are things that will happen in our lives sometimes that would allow us to be uncovered. That gets us to be exposed out there to the elements. And the first thing that humanity always does when we fall and when we sin against God is we go reaching for things to cover ourselves. And the mistake that we always and often make is that we always reach for the wrong thing to cover ourselves. In fact, it's such a shame and a sad mistake to think that we can cover ourselves because there is nothing that you can do that God doesn't already know about. There is nothing that you can do. And the thing I love about God is that he took all of our sins and everything that we would all have done past, present, and future into consideration when he rolled himself in human flesh. Came to 42 generations down to the earth. And the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life not only did he come looking for Adam but he came looking for you and me and I'm so glad that he didn't stop there with Adam because he came looking for us while we were yet in our sins God the holy righteous redeemer of heaven. The sight of sin leaves the splendor the beauty and the glory of heaven and comes looking for you and i do you recognize how valuable you are i know people might have spoken negatively and told you you were good for nothing and that you will never be nothing but you are worth so much to god that he thought it was fit for him to dress himself in human flesh made his way down to earth and took a beating and took the punishment that you and I could never have endured. He covered himself in the very thing that left us exposed, feeling naked and unashamed, no more innocent, but feeling guilty and feeling condemned. And knowing that we were destined to die, he clothed himself in human flesh. And the Bible says that he made himself sin for us. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we now would become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He came looking for us when we were left abandoned and left to die when we were strung out on drugs, when we were hooked on alcohol, when we were hooked on marijuana, when we were addicted to sex. Yes, you can be addicted to sex. When we connected to all kinds of things that was intended to destroy us, everything that was intended to wipe us out. No, I know you're sitting here and you look real good right now. And I know you have your life all together and you look all polished and clean and pristine and God has you all together. But if truth be told, you didn't always look like this. If the truth be told, you didn't cross every T and you never dotted every I's. You found yourself in places you know you had no business being in. You know you found yourself doing things you had no business being. Things you know you can't even tell your kids about. Things you probably can't even tell your parents about. As grown as you are. All these things... That we were tied up in, but he left the beauty of heaven and came looking for us. He came seeking us, and the Bible says that he came to seek and he came to save them that were lost he's not satisfied with everybody that's here but he's looking for that one the Bible tells us in the book of Luke chapter number 15 about the woman he told the parable of the woman who left he had 99 sheep he had 99 sheep in fact he had a hundred sheep the Bible said and at the end of the day he, he was putting his sheep away and began to take into account as they would go that only 99 entered the sheepfold he got troubled by the fact That there was one that was missing and the Bible said that he left the 99 that was in the sheepfold and said, I'm not satisfied with everybody else that I have. I need that one that was lost. That's how precious you are to God. He is concerned about the one. Sometimes only if we could get the heart that God has He's concerned about the one. I know you're saved. I know you're sanctified. I know you're on your way to heaven. But there is still somebody on the outside. There is still that one that is on the outside of these four walls. That need to know the God that you know. There is still that one that needs to be redeemed. Still that one that needs to be delivered from crack cocaine. Still that one that needs to be delivered, that needs to be told that Jesus loves you. There is still that one that needs to know your sins have already been forgiven. They need to know your sin was already paid for. There is nothing that you are doing now or will have ever done that the blood of jesus didn't already cover or take into account there is nothing that you do that surprises god he is the omniscient god he doesn't lack any information he has all knowledge at all times about all things our problem is sometimes we treat god as though he's human he is not you nor i he is the sovereign god And he is never caught off guard. He is looking for that one. Be like that woman who had her coins and she lost it. And the Bible said she took every necessary step, she went to the extreme, she lit a candle, she searched underneath the bed. You ever lose something yet and go crazy trying to find it because you know how valuable it is? If we could only see the people of God, if we could only see the people of the city of Charlotte. Pastor told us a few weeks ago we need to see our city. If we could just see every soul as a precious soul that needs Jesus Christ. We've got to stop being selfish Christians. We have got to stop being selfish with this thing. Not only is he looking for us. In fact, he's positioned us where we need to be. But he is now looking for the one that didn't show up in the sheepfold. He's looking for that lost coin. He's looking for that prodigal son that has left home. That prodigal son that said, I've had enough of God. I've tried this church thing and I'm I'm burnt out by church. And now I want to go sow my royal oats. A prodigal son who said, Daddy, give me everything that belongs to me. And in that culture and in that time, he was basically saying, Daddy, I wish you were dead. Because no one would get an inheritance unless the father died. The Bible says that no will is activated. Until the debt of the testator. So until death happens, a will will never take effect. Or a will can never come into place. But yet this son literally walks up to his father and says, give me everything that belongs to me. Because I'm out of here. I want what's mine. Give it to me. And I'm leaving. And the, he, the Bible says he took everything and he went it out there and he squandered everything that he got from his father blew everything that he got and while he was out there the bible said he came to himself his senses kicked in can somebody say thank god for a conscience (laughs) let's be real about it you are sitting right in this house but how many times have you been here every sunday been in the word and praying and yet you were far from god I know we camouflage. I'm telling you, nobody covers up better than a Christian. Nobody covers up better than us because we know, especially if you've been in church for a long time, you know right where to put the hallelujah. You know right where to put the clap. You know right where to put the stomp. You know right where to put the shout. And you know how to fake it and fool others around you. But you can't fool God. Taken everything and gone. But the Bible said that he came to himself. Our conscience kicks in and he decides to return home. And I'm ending right on this. The Bible says that while he was on his way home, (laughs) oh, the love of the Father, the Father came looking for him, Pastor Mark. While he was on his way, the Father was out there looking. And the Bible says that when he saw him afar off, the Bible said he ran to meet him, which tells me he wasn't sitting inside the house the whole time waiting for him to come back. It suggested that he kept going out there looking every day down the street. Will today be the day my son come back home? Will today be the day my son come back home? This is how we need to be. We need to get out there. Will today be the day my husband gets saved? Will today be the day my children surrender their lives to God? Will today be the day that God uses me to reach my co-worker? Will today be the day that God allows me to touch that prostitute? Will today be the day that God uses me to minister to that drug addict? Will today be the day that God used me to speak life into somebody that's dying? Will today be the day that God shows me somebody that's coming down the road that wants to come back home and is just looking for somebody that is standing out there and willing to welcome them back home? His posture was one of openness And it reminded me of the very position that Jesus took on the cross when he nailed himself or when he was nailed. While he was there being nailed, he was looking for you and me. His arms were outstretched and he was welcoming us. And he was welcoming every man, woman, woman, Boy or girl to come home to him. Everyone stand to your feet. It doesn't matter where you are in your walk with God. If you've left, even though you're physically here, but you may have gone astray in your mind or in your spirit, your father is looking for you. If you've done the wrong thing and exposed yourself and given space and place to the enemy and have been faking the funk, Even while you're here, your father's looking for you. If you've left blatantly, willingly taking everything that belongs to you and saying, I've had enough of God, I've had enough of church, I'm tired. And don't sit there and look all self-righteous because even though I'm holding this mic, I can tell you that there have been days when I go, God, I'm tired. God, I don't want to do this no more. God, I need a break. But in spite of it, he's always looking for us because you value that much. You are worth that much to your God. Every head bow and every eye closed, nobody looking around in this moment. This is a moment between you and God. Even though you're hearing me, this is a moment between you and your God. Whatever your position is, God sent this word for a particular reason. because someone he knew needed this word this morning and he is looking for you he is looking for you he is looking for you he is actively looking searching waiting for his son for his daughter to come back and say I surrender all to you to say Lord I know I messed up Lord I know I walked out of place but Lord I'm coming home Lord, I need you in my life. And that's what we need to acknowledge. We need to recognize our need and our desperation for him. Salvation begins with repentance. It begins with a turning. It begins with an acknowledgement as to where you are and a decision to say, I no longer want to be at this place anymore, but I want to move closer to God. And so right where you are in this very moment, if you need to begin to repent before your God then right there in the quiet with nobody on your mind but you and God just begin to repent just begin to talk to him for yourself begin to tell him sorry for moving out of place begin to tell him sorry for giving space to the enemy begin begin to tell him God I'm sorry for allowing myself to get into certain conversations and put myself in certain places that led me away from you We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. For more information about Link Church, you can visit us on the web at www.linkchurchnc.org.